and welcome to Powering Through Life, a show dedicated to exploring topics of life that are challenging, that keep us stuck in doubt and mistrust, which can prevent us from living life to our fullest potential and having loving relationships. I'm your host, Teresa Sims, and together with my guests, we bring to life strategies, tools, and ideas that anyone can incorporate easily into their life to promote happiness, better relationships, and personal peace. Our foundation in Powering Through Life is to inspire, motivate, and ignite your dreams to life. Hey, and welcome, and thanks for joining us on Powering Through Life today. I have a really awesome guest with me today. His name is Callum Schofield. Is that correct, Callum? Yeah, that's it. Perfect. You never know, right? You have to try these things out. (laughs) Callum, for 18 years of his life, uh, couldn't say his name or string a simple sentence together. He struggled mentally and emotionally for too long on his own. Then he changed his mindset and overcame the fear of stammering to become a podcast host, speaker, and aspiring coach. Callum, welcome to Powering Through Life. Thank you for having me on the show and thank you for that really nice intro as well. Oh, you're very welcome. I am so glad that we get to do this today because this isn't a topic that a lot of people discuss. And I think it's really important that we talk about stammering, uh, having a stammer and all that comes with it. For example, the mental suffering as well as physically. I didn't know there was physically involved, but we'll get into that, right? Yeah. Oh, perfect. It's a great topic. Yeah, thank you. It's, as I say, not talked about enough because, strangely enough, people with speech impediments don't want to talk about their speech impediments. You never guess why. (laughs) Yeah, that's different, isn't it? So how much of an impact did your stammer have on you throughout your life? It was massive, to say the least, really. It was from little things like not being able to say my name. So I couldn't say Callum. I couldn't say Schofield. I couldn't say my address. I couldn't say my family's name. So if someone asked me if I have any brothers or sisters, I would just say yes and not specify. So once when I was on holiday, my brother became my sister, but I could say sister and not brother. So that was interesting. and. Again, it's things like if I went out for food, even up to the age of 17, I would get my mum to order my food for me. Or if I was ordering it myself, I would choose what I could say from the menu rather than what I wanted. Oh my goodness, that must have been so challenging. Was there, was there a reason that you had the stammer? Like, I know nothing about that, so please help me understand and the listeners understand. Like, what causes something like that? Well, quite annoyingly, stammering is not a lot known about it. It's a neurological condition, so it's something to do with the brain. I'm not sure exactly, but I think it's along the lines of not developing the the same as other people. Part of your brain just isn't the same, really. It's quite hard to explain, but that's because there's not a lot of research or factual research involved. So no one really knows there's a lot of uncertainty that's probably the best way to describe a stammer 
which makes it all the more harder to try to um, power through it, you know, yeah, or, or exactly. find, like, why is this happening to me, right? As if I don't understand how someone who hasn't got a stammer going to understand what I'm trying to go through or trying to say. It was, especially when I was younger, mm -hmm. I had no idea what was going on, really. So yeah. I was a bit stuck. Well, did you just assume that was your normal? Or whatever that, you know, like, this is the way it is and I have to accept it? Or what happened? Yeah. There was times when I thought, I'm going to speak like this for the rest of my life. I was kind of adapting my mindset into knowing or thinking I know that I'll never be able to say exactly what I want. I'll never be able to do everything I want to do because who's going to want to have a relationship with someone who can hardly bring a sentence together? Who's going to want to hire someone for a job? And you know all these little insecurities started to grow. So I did start to adapt myself to not look for the best, do the complete opposite, look for the worst in situations and kind of accept that I might not be the same as my friends. Yeah. And that doesn't mean you're not as intelligent or more intelligent or less intelligent, you know, or able to get that job or able to do that job. It's just, it's the first thing people see or hear and it changes their thoughts right off the bat, I would imagine too. Yeah, definitely. Especially when before I never spoke about my stammer, even though it was very obvious that I had one, I wouldn't speak about it. And I remember at job interviews, if I just said, can you bear with me as I have a stammer, then that would have changed everything. But instead, I would do everything in my power to avoid it. So I would come across very nervous, very rushed, very unprofessional, a bit not lazy, but it would look like I didn't prepare for the interview because if I researched a company, for example, and there was words I couldn't say, then I would just simply say, I'm not sure about the company. I'm not sure about this. So just disclosing and admitting that I stammer could have helped me change my mindset a lot earlier than I did. Was there um, an, uh, a bit of shame involved in that for you as well? Definitely. And I, only recently I've sort of started to work out where this stemmed from. And I don't mind sharing it quite an emotional story, but I remember when I was in my primary school, which I think is elementary school for you, if I'm yes. right. I must have seen about eight or nine. And I was in the toilets and this group of lads came in who were in the year below me. And they started to ask me what my name was. And I remember at the time I was thinking, but they know my name, so why are they asking? But only looking back now, it was because I would always stammer very badly on my name. And so they would ask me what my name was. They wouldn't let me leave until I said my name. They would laugh at me. Then it was mainly this one lad, and he would ask me to say other words. I remember him saying, can you say the word crocodile? And I was nervous. I was, I was a very nervous child as it was. So to be put in a situation when I couldn't leave a room until I spoke and speaking was something I would always avoid, it was very, it was very challenging. And I kind of blocked that from my mind for many years. As only recently I've actually talked about it and actually remembered it. 
only about, I was sort of reflecting about my journey, thinking where did this sort of fear come from? Then I remembered all the times that I would be scared in the toilet for my school because I had people laughing at me and being told I wasn't allowed to leave and being you know, blocked in for the toilets until I stuttered, you know, they call me the stutter monkey and stuff like that. And it's all, so that definitely had much more of an impact on me than I realized at the time. Yeah, absolutely. It must've been a horrible thing to go through. That's, that's bullying 101, isn't it? Like definitely. Yeah. And I, it only takes one to me. And you know, when you think about it, that one individual probably like when you look at the aspect of bullying, it's probably that individual that had a bigger problem than you did. And he was trying to avoid people seeing his. So he was putting the light on you kind of thing. Right. Yeah. That's probably what it was. And the main thing for me is because I I'm concerned about other people. I just hope that he never had a child who stammers. That, that's my first thought. And that's my main, not concern, but I just hope, Oh, I really wish he doesn't have a child who stammers because if he treated me like that and treats other people who are disabled or something different about them like that what's going to happen if his own child isn't you know i don't, I don't want to use the word normal because yeah. what is normal but uh, yeah i don't know thoughts, really it, normal is a uh yeah however you phrase normal i don't know what yeah, that exactly. is anymore. it's the same thing as perfect it doesn't exist in my books <laughs> no, no, not at all no so uh i was going to ask you what uh <clears throat> excuse me an average day of school was like for you but i can tell from that it was not entertaining no and again just in school from a young age and specifically when i got older that's when i started to realize the impact my stammer had so when i was in secondary school that's when i would always hide away i wouldn't put my hand up to answer questions i don't know um if you ever did it in school, but when everyone has to read out loud, you know, you'll take turns reading through sentences. I would, you know, get very paranoid. I would always read ahead <laughs> to look at the passage I'll be reading. And then mentally, I would decide that I couldn't say a single word in that passage, even though I probably could. But it's that doubt that still gets to you. And so school was very challenging for me. And I, I found it hard to contain my emotions. A lot of school was spent me getting very emotional over my speech and struggling, just answering the register that they're saying here at the start of every lesson. And, you know, that's the first thing teachers see and the other kids see it in the class. <coughs> Sorry about that. Sorry. We will edit that out. Pardon me for a minute. No worries. Oh my goodness. Sorry about that. Right. Anyway, we will edit that out, hopefully. <laughs> it, it must have been just a complete nightmare for you. I mean, if you were a shy child, a quiet child, you normally you would be quiet because why run the risk of speaking and having someone hear you, right? Exactly. And it didn't happen often. I'm very lucky that I didn't get picked on that much, but there's still the odd comments. Like I got compared to a motorbike, a helicopter, a machine 
again because of my speech you know people said if i was going to go to war i would take calm and just say speak and then everyone would think that we're shooting at him <laughs> and it's just a bit like what i always say is if you're going to make a joke make it original as i can guarantee i viewed every stammer related joke there is so at least think of something creative well, <laughs> I, guess, I, guess, I guess they were using their heads, but oh, what a way to do it. Yeah, exactly. Especially to have a human target. So that's, that's really not the best part. But So Callum, mm. where, what was uh, the pivotal moment when you decided to make a change? Well, I turned 18 last year and I thought, it's time to do something for me. Time to put myself first and make a difference. You know, I'm technically an adult now. I'm 18. I can technically do what I want, but I'm not doing what I want because of my stammer. So I really wanted to make a difference, sort of become my true self. As what I found as I got older, I started to become more social, but I had these two sort of personalities. I had Callum, who was the scared person of you know, a lot of insecurities a lot of you know low self-confidence, low self-worth. But when I was out with my friends, because my second name is Schofield, my nickname would be Scof. So I had this second personality who was Scof, who was confident when I went out on a night out, I would probably drink too much. You know, I was friendly, talkative, but that was all an act really. You know, this I could have been that person, but I still had the Callum who was the scared, same shy child I was when I was seven eight nine years old so it was sort of i'm wearing a mask can wear you down a bit eventually so it was sort of it was time to put myself first and really sort myself out really i don't want to continue all these insecurities on my own when everyone has thought of me as this confident person did you try to blend the two I tried, yeah, but it kind of ended, it didn't end very well. It was more, I tried to sort of trick myself into being this confident person, full stop. But then some, I, I would have a block on a word or something would happen and then that would just make it worse. I was not only taking the one persona down, I was taking two personas down at the same time then. So it was quite hard. It was like... I, find, I quite like my analogies, and it was like I was uh, juggling, really. I was juggling who I was with my friends compared to who I was in work and who I was my family and who I was in the stamina community. You know, I had so many different faces I put on. Some I spoke about my stamina, some I never spoke about my stamina. It sort of, it was becoming too much. And now that I was getting older, I was meeting people with stammer, and they were saying, it took them to their 40s, 50s to overcome this stammer. So that sort of gave me the inspiration I needed, listening to these people speak fluently and speak really well. It made me think that I want to be like him. I want to be like her. So that kind of gave me a nudge in the right direction again. Mm -hmm. Did you ever do the looking inside and say, I want to be like this Callum in here? Yes, but only recently. That was only after I went on a speech course, which gave me control over my style. It was only then I sort of had the confidence to look at what I actually wanted. As before, I was very much 
people pleaser or would do the easiest option because <laughs> the hardest option would create stress and nerves and that would hard work would always make my stammer worse because of all the baggage that comes with it so only after I sort of learned to control my stammer and change my mindset that I actually started to think who do I actually want to be now Callum did did the step sorry was your stammer worse when you were tired yeah it was when I was nervous when I was tired it was worse stressed so for example, if I was in a very stressful situation, I would just not speak. But if someone would try to engage with me, just nothing would come out. Just sometimes my stand would have been okay. I would go through times when I spoke okay. And other times I just couldn't get my words out at all. And that was the same way I was speaking to friends, family, colleagues, strangers. It would vary. It really would. Interesting. It must have been such a challenge for you. And, and it must have been so difficult for your family to watch you go through all of this at the same time, too. Yeah, de definitely. And especially because only last September, I started openly talking about my stammer. So not only was I sort of putting my family through this, but I was also not talking about it. And if I didn't talk about it, no one else wanted to, as it looked like I didn't want to talk about it. And when people did mention it, I would probably shut it down very quickly. But it was part of me that I was embarrassed about, I was ashamed about, and I spent 17 years trying to hide. So why would I want to talk about it now? Yeah. So your parents went through 17 years of you not wanting to talk about it, and now all of a sudden, you want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, Yeah. definitely. Hey, yeah. like, hey, Mom and Dad, I'm ready. <laughs> Yeah, it was probably a long time coming, really, as my mum has been a massive help to me for all my life. Yeah. And whenever she sort of tried to talk about my stammer, I was very, what's the word, just, I did shut it down a bit. How a little conversation, but never an open conversation at all, because I thought that I was the better version of myself when I hid from it, yeah. really, and that was... Looking back, I had to quite sad to think about that. I, I had to think the better version of myself was hiding part of me, but that's the way it was, really. Yeah, it's what you did to power through your life, right, at that time. Yeah, and exactly. now, Yeah, and now things have turned around for you. So what did you do besides the speech training? Well, the speech project really changed my life. It was a little course, and... It doesn't talk about just this breathing technique that I'm using, but it's a lot about mindset and how to sort of eliminate the anxiety, the fear, the lack of confidence. And changing my mindset helped and talking openly about my stammer and stuttering on purpose, as I call it, has been the two biggest impacts for me. Like, as we've been talking, I've been blocking on words just like that. Mm -hmm. Just because if I can control what words I say and what words I block on, then my stammer has absolutely no power over me because I can stammer if and when I want. And then if it's going to be a word that I'm struggling on, I can use this technique of stuttering on purpose to overcome that word. And again, it's just acceptance as my speech hasn't been perfect on this podcast. And for even six months ago, that would have really got to me. I would have hated myself for it. But now 
I've got the confidence to stammer freely, that I'm not aiming for 100% fluent speech, because that's an unrealistic expectation for anyone, as no one's 100% fluent. Everyone stumbles over their words, uses filler words like, you know, the ahs, ums, oohs. Mm-hmm. So as soon as I sort of limited my expectations and sort of made them realistic and accepted this is the way I speak and I'm quite content with how I speak, then that really was a turning point for me, just getting that mental resilience to work on my speech every day as well. It's, it's not something that I didn't go on this speech course and I was cured. There's no cure for stammering. It wasn't so much. I went on this course, I came back and I could speak for Britain. It was, you know, I've been working on my speech every day since that course. And that's why it's got me to this point. And not just working on my speech, but working on my mind. You know, challenging myself, pushing myself, doing things I wouldn't have done before and probably thought I never could. And are you having fun? Yeah, that's the main thing. (laughs) That's something that I simply forget to do. Just enjoy it and embrace it, you know, have a laugh. That's since I've started to turn that fear that I had from speaking and actually really enjoy it, you know, enjoy speaking to people, enjoy meeting new people, enjoy sharing my story. That has been really good. If I'm happy to talk about it, then other people will be happy to talk about it. And if anything, it puts them at ease. As before, people who I didn't know or wasn't that familiar with, if I started to uh, block in front of them, they wouldn't know what was happening. And I would always say, sorry, I can't talk a second, rather than say, I got a stammer. And I would let them interpret that how they wanted to. Mm-hmm. But now, like if I have an important phone call or anything like that, I'll just say, just to let you know, I have a stammer, so I'll be using a breathing technique. And it's not looking for acceptance. It's just to let them know why I'm speaking how I am. and. A little trick as well. People are interested in people who are doing things outside of the box. And the fact that I'm working on my speech and working on part of me and changing my life, really, you know, that looks quite positive and people are quite interested in that, really, which I never realized before. Well, yeah, that you, if, uh, if you're not engaging with people and you don't realize, or you're not having conversations with them, they don't realize what you're going through, what you're dealing with, what you're facing, yeah. and how you're changing. So, yeah, yeah. I, did you ever hear recently from your parents that now we can't chat them up? <laughs> yeah, definitely, <laughs> especially on social media. I'm sharing <laughs> so much about stammering and about you know, coaching, mentoring them mental resilience and what I'm doing, comfort zone challenges. People are probably getting fed up of just seeing me all over Facebook and Instagram, Twitter, just hearing me talking. But I'm loving it really. I really am. And that's all that matters. You're transforming your life. You're doing something effective for the world. You've helped yourself. You've actually given your family a gift too. Yeah, You know, and congratulations. It must have been one very hard journey for you. Oh, yeah, definitely. And just because I'm speaking like this and my mindset is a lot more positive, that's not saying that it's easy. As as we all know, you still have challenging days and hard days. Just because you're finished with mental health doesn't mean mental health is finished with you. 
So there's still you know times and nights that my insecurities, I'm not going to say come back, but they're always there, but make themselves more prominent. So you still have challenging times when you think, um, what I'm do is what I'm doing worth it? And you know you start to have that little bit of self the doubt really and that's been a massive thing for me is trying to overcome that self the doubt as I've always doubted myself doubted my abilities doubted the outcome doubted people's reactions so I'm trying really hard not to let that little seed grow because I know what it's like yeah and it's it's kind of always sitting there going hey hey I'm right here don't forget yeah. me, but you know, you can swat it off as many times as you need to, but you're right. It is always there, but don't feed it. Don't give it the yeah, power. Exactly. Yeah. And you are doing a wonderful job. I am so impressed with, with you and you know, for only being 18, yeah. 18, right? Not 19 yet. Not I'm 18 yet. Okay. You're, you're you've got your life under or on a beautiful path. And I think yeah. it's a beautiful thing that you're doing. And how hard was your journey to self-acceptance, you know, where, from where you were to where you are today? Like that must've been, there must've been so many emotions come up, so many thoughts yeah. that, um, how did you control it all? How did you manage it all? Honestly, it's going to sound a bit strange, but I have no idea how I managed it because looking back, it was, it was you know it wasn't a straight journey it's not like one of those graphs where it goes straight up it's yeah. it, it's a cliche but it's a roller coaster it's highs lows highs lows very low lows you know then you stay on a low then you go high then you low and it's sort of i'm still on that journey now as i'm a strong believer we can always find a way to better ourselves challenge ourselves so i'm still on that journey now but the self-acceptance part came from not caring about what other people think obviously having the support from friends and family helped me loads you know, it gave me a boost that I needed but when I realized that I'm doing this for myself you know no one's telling me what to do no one's pushing me to do anything I'm doing it because I want to I'm overcoming stammering because I want to overcome it I'm working on my mindset that I want to and it was a hard journey and there's times when you think it would be so much easier to go back to the way things were. But then again, you've got to have that mental resilience to carry on when times get hard. And it's little things. Like it's going to sound stupid, but currently I'm only having cold showers these days. I don't have a hot showers. There's a lot of health benefits, apparently, which I've read up on. But the main thing is the mental resilience. Because it's so easy just to turn that tap from cold to hot when you're standing there freezing, having a shower but it's having that ability to stay for five minutes under the freezing cold water and increase your mental strength to carry on and sort of power through. So it's just doing little things like that. I don't recommend it if you're cold a lot. Sometimes I think, why am I doing this? But it's worth it because I know if I change the temperature to hot, then I would regret it and I'd be annoyed with myself. And I would start worrying, saying, is that a slope, you know, a slippery slope? leading me back to not powering through things so it's just finding ways to keep up that momentum really and that's what the biggest challenge was always looking for a new way to challenge yourself and keep moving really 
Well, what things other than the cold shower, <laughs> which is unusual, but everybody yeah. has their thing. So yeah. what other ways have you learned or whatever other ways do you implement to keep yourself on, on track and going? Well, it started off as little things like talking to my family about my stamina, talking to my friends about it. As, you know, I don't want to fulfill any stereotypes because, you know, the masking stereotype me and my mates never talked about, you know, emotions or my stamina. You know, talking to them about it made a difference. Talking to my nan and gra granddad about it, is, that was kind of the elephant in the room sometimes. So that was the one step. Then speaking more openly about it in work, that was one. Stuttering on purpose in front of customers, in front of family, friends, even strangers. Like if someone asked me at the time, I would stutter on purpose. And if I saw them getting impatient, I would stutter on purpose more to make them wait. And it's just little things like that. And then I started to write the blog about my experiences. So I shared my story openly last October for International Stamina Awareness Day. So that was a massive step. And then I thought, what's the next step from here? So I started a podcast because as much as I was enjoying the writing a blog, I wanted to use my voice. So the podcast and so interviewing people, that was a step. Then I started off just interviewing people who stammered. Then I started interviewing people who don't stammer. So that was a big step again. And now I'm sort of just doing these comfort zone challenges for, for this month of May. So every day I'll do something different. So a different comfort zone challenge every day, whether that's having a conversation with someone I've avoided talking about one of my worst moments on camera whether it's wearing something like a christmas j j j jumper in the middle of may and the whole point of it is just to but one to build up your mental resilience and challenge yourself so you can realize that inner strength but also to not care about what other people think so when i've done stuff like posted videos of my very bad singing on YouTube and worn a Christmas jumper all the day. It's just to eliminate these sort of feelings of care about what other people think. As I've actually had a really positive response, but even if I had a negative one, it was still showing me that it's not stopping me, it's not holding me back. As for 18 years, I really held myself back. So it's and talking about this journey of moving forward, I'm still worried, but I'm a natural worrier that I'll slip back into old habits. So I'm trying to run before I can walk. So that's why I'm trying to keep challenging myself and keeping that momentum up just to see what I can do next, really, and just keep on going, really. And pace yourself so that you don't get yeah. overwhelmed, right? Because you've had so many years and don't try to make up for all 18 at once. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You'll get overwhelmed, I think, but yeah. you know, what a great thing you're doing and, you know, doing the challenging, that's great because you have the choice. You're making the choice of what you're going to wear that day, whether it be a Christmas jumper in May, Hey, yeah. do what you want. If someone yeah. is offended by it, that's their problem. Yeah, exactly. Right. So it was very hot, but other than that, I don't recommend wearing a Christmas jumper in May. It was 
I was sweating way too much, but other than that, it was a good challenge. Well, yeah. And I mean, you did it. So yeah, exactly. you accomplished something and that's what it's all about is, yeah. you know, conquering your fears, trying something different, choosing something different and just doing it and, and living the experience that you get by doing those things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It is quite addictable sometimes. Yeah. Or addictive, sorry, I made it a word, just to see how far you can push things. And what I'm doing is getting my friends involved. So like one of my friends suggested for my comfort zone challenge to stand on my doorstep and sing. And just you know, getting them involved is because your friends will love to embarrass you. And doing these embarrassing things is what will help you grow and move forward. So it's a really good way. And again, to talk openly about your journey of personal de development with your friends in a casual way, just by normalizing things, which I think is really important. Yeah. And do it with people you trust. So obviously you yeah. have a good bunch of mates that you trust really well. And yeah. yeah, otherwise you wouldn't be sharing all that with them, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, you are one impressive young man. Thank you. Yeah. And how can our listeners get in touch with you, Callum? Well, I'm very active on social media. Oh. <laughs> so if you're willing to sit through all my stammering activism, I got a Facebook page called Callum Schofield Stammering Activist. I have a website called proudrecoveringstammerer.wordpress.com. And then on Instagram, I've got the official Instagram for my podcast, which is at the underscore Schofield underscore stories. And if you want to get involved with me on social media, I've got support groups and communities that I run to help people who are struggling with anything. So that'll be a really nice way to keep in touch as well for anyone who's struggling with anything, literally not just stammering, anything at all. They're welcome to join my support groups. Yeah, absolutely. And when your segment goes up, Callum, we'll have all of that information listed there. So yeah. listeners, get in touch with this young man. Contact him. Ask him questions. Yeah. Have a Zoom call with him, exactly. <laughs> which is even better. You know, yeah. I, I like it because we can actually interact differently than when it's just on the phone. And when it's on the phone, it's, it's not the same, but no, it's okay. But um, I, I like it this way. And, you know, I think our listeners probably, I'm going to be asking you questions later on. So I think that's a, a good opportunity for anyone to get in touch with Callum, find out what, what he did, how he did it, and, and ask him all kinds of questions about how he overcame his stammer. And you've done an exceptional job. You really have. Yeah, thank you. It's, you know, just doing something like this is something I never thought I would do. And that's not saying when I was younger, even a year ago, I never thought I would speak on the phone to anyone, never mind appear on a podcast and host my own. So it's really, yeah, it's just little moments like this. And the fact people want to hear my story is something interesting. That's something that's hard to get my head around sometimes. thinking, why me? You know, I'm, yeah, who am I? exactly yeah. <laughs> who am i well you know what uh, we've all gone through something and i those of us that choose to talk about what we've gone through we can make a difference in the life of someone else who is maybe feeling or experiencing the same thing and that's the whole reason i created powering through life because if one person hears one of these episodes it may ring through to them that hey i'm not alone in this world and that's what it's all about because yeah, we're not alone 
We're not alone, are we? Now, do you have a favorite quote or saying that you like, Cal? I've got a few, really. It's not so much a quote, but what I tell people who I work with to help their stammers is just because there's no cure doesn't mean there's nothing you can do. That's letting the stammer win. So that's sort of one of, that's my stammering related quote. Mm-hmm. And it's a hard one, really. As one of my favorite quotes, I can't remember it word for word, but it's part of a speech by Martin Luther King as well. And it's talking about what the measure of a man is. And it talks about how it's a lot more, you know, the mental, emotional side of things. So it's too many to choose from, to be honest. There's, if you see my social media, I'm always putting things into examples and quotes and anything I can find, really. Well, why and not? Probably my favourite one. It's it's from a book that I read, which is the auto, autobiography of an actor called De, 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 De Danny Dyer, who was a um, soap and TV actor here in the UK. And it said, I just want to look back in my life and know I did the best with what I had. And I think that's really sends a, you know, a deep message. So if I could just look back and think, I'm happy, you know, I've, I've got everything I need and I've done everything I wanted to do with what I had, then yeah, I'm happy really. Yeah, that's fantastic. Life has been fulfilled then, right? Yeah, exactly. And like you said, if I could just help one other person or reach one person, then that's a job well done, really. Absolutely. And I, I am going to help you spread the word, young man. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, call, Callum, thank you for sharing your story with us today. I know the listeners are going to just love this. And uh, please get in touch with Callum. I think you need to have, everyone needs to have a conversation with this young man. <laughs> you are a true champion, my friend. Keep going. Keep going. Thank you. And thank you for inviting me onto your show. I've really enjoyed it. And I hope to stay in contact as well after this episode. Absolutely. I'm glad we contacted too. So thank you for joining Callum and I today on Powering Through Life. That brings to a close another inspiring segment on Powering Through Life. Thank you to my incredible guests for sharing their wisdom, knowledge, and experience. Join me again next time for more real stories designed to motivate and inspire. Listeners, you can get in touch with me on Facebook and LinkedIn, as well as Twitter. You may also reach me at my website, which is www.teresasims.com. Keep in touch and let's keep the conversation going.